Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. Um, on this show, we are going to take a little look back at the season, maybe just have a little brief chat about who we'd like to see return next year. Um, and then we're going to do our the, the Pubby Awards. What what kind of a, what name did we come up with, Gary, for the awards? The Pubbies. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you're suggesting we can call it the Downies because. That's, that's yeah, negative, that, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think that was a good idea. The, um, the down the pubsies, yeah. So let's go with pubbies. I like pubbies, All right. uh, not pubies, pubbies. <laughs> Sound <laughs> like you're trying to say puppies with a speech impediment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is even better. Kind of happy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're gonna uh, have a little look at um, that. We we are gonna make a trophy. Um, Gary's gonna be behind that. Um, so yeah, tin, so tin foil trophy, yeah, exactly. Do you, know, do you remember in the office when they had like a uh, yeah, <laughs> the Olympics with the the yoga tops. Yeah, so, do, you, do you think we'll be invited onto the pitch next season to present our tin foil trophy to the player of the season? I I really don't think so. Uh, no. Considering that the privateers didn't get to do it this year, or I think they left it really late to uh, to vote. Because I, I I thought I got... it'd be at the start of next season, wouldn't it? They'd... No, because usually they give it at the end of the season. I didn't oh, Mor- right. I think Morelli got it at the end of the season, and I think that Arnone got it on the last day of the season too. Right. They, yeah. They normally did it a week before, but uh, I guess like. Everything been all over the place. It's been a bit crazy. So, mm. um, so yeah. So before we get started, uh, what did you make of our our first live appearance as a podcast host? How did you find the experience? I enjoyed it actually. I was a little bit nervous, like walking down there. I was a little bit nervous, and then as soon as I realised some people were coming, I settled down a lot and felt felt alright. I, I think because like we like we knew most of the people in there so that settles you down a bit and kind of always bearing in mind that people were there to listen to Derek, Matt and Rampy not <laughs> yeah. us so it's like, it took a bit of, took a bit of pressure off once we kind of established between us that we were gonna try and keep our talking time to a minimum um but yeah I enjoyed it I haven't I haven't listened back yet because it's like quite a nice memory I've got of the night like it's, it's a nice memory and I feel like if I listen back I'll just like end up cringing at certain things I said and it will taint taint it all for me a bit. So I, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it as a nice a nice memory. I like that. But I, I think that um to be honest with you, like I mean it, as you said it was all about those guys. So I mean like like we're barely we just asked a question and then they like they just ram especially like uh like Matt and Derek that they, they'll talk for Talkers, hours. No, I thought you were really good at uh, like making sure that they, we stuck to a lot of time. I thought you were really good at that because uh... that's that's the the teacher, the teacher <laughs> in me that is like. I thought that the thing that settled me down the most was uh, getting bitten beforehand. So that, <laughs> I like, forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> like honestly, like I walked into um into Garrison. I was like walking down to say hello to to Ryan from the Wanderers, and they allowed dog dogs in the Garrison and. The dog, it was a big sheep doggy thing, and it, it barked. I mean, I'm not really a big fan of dogs, so I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, my worst nightmare. And then it like it went for me and grabbed my shirt and its teeth and stuff like that. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? So that was a great start. And that kind of like knocked the nervousness down because I was like, 
you know, I was too too worried about you know. Uh, what what's what's the dog thing of you like? Because I I used to be the same as you. I used to be a bit weird with them, but I'm all right now. What what was the cause? I got bitten you? by I got bitten by an Alsatian uh, years and years ago when I was back home in in Ireland. So well, there was a guy on our road who had this big Alsatian, and he would go indoors and like leave the the dog in the garden, and the the, the dog was like mean and uh obviously we were playing like football on the road and the the dog jumped over the wall and went for me and beat me on the back so uh, well, dickhead yeah no it was, was kind of yeah and then like the the owner guy like didn't even apologize anyway so that's uh, that's enough for me and my childhood <laughs> trauma um so yeah so i thought we'd start with you know like the season overall obviously was a, a, a complete and utter disaster and um, we've lost our manager uh because of it so there's not really much more we can really say about that. I think that Derek and Matt pretty much covered the reasoning behind that. Um, I, I, I just wanted to like just take a quick brief through like who you would like to see come back next year in the Wanderer squad. Who do you think has kind of proved themselves this year that they they should come back next year? So, you know, in in the in goalkeeping sense, was would you keep any of our goalkeepers, or would you like to see us start fresh? Um, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to start afresh. I feel like the way the way, and this was on the record because Matt mentioned it during the interview. Like the way he spoke about the Dalhousie goalkeeper. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, I feel like he's probably going to be signed. You'd, you'd expect as a backup if he's coming from New Sports. Um, and yeah, we 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 need a new goalkeeper. I don't. I think I think Ox has hit that point with the with a lot of fans where. Um, kind of, quite a lot of players get to this point where no matter what they do now, the seed has been planted in a lot of people's heads that he's going to make a mistake. He's going to be a bit calamitous, um, and I think once you get to that point as a player at all levels of the game, there's there's not really any coming back from it. So I think it's it's, it's for the best for everyone for him to probably like move on elsewhere. I I, I get the impression basket is not particularly happy like with the amount of playing time he got so I doubt he'll want to stick around so yeah I, I think he'll probably be the Dow keeper plus one other coming in yeah I can definitely see him coming in as like the the number two and I think we'll probably try and get a number one in um I I, I think with with basket um you know, you know obviously he had that uh, infraction during the year and I think that probably didn't help his case but I don't think he did anything wrong really I think he had a good season but do you really want that kind of ego you know at the end of the day like like <clears throat> it's like everything in life like obviously you don't want to sit on the bench obviously you don't want to um like n- like not not be playing but at the same time though you got to realize it's a team game and especially for a goalkeeper only one person can play so and he's still young right so anyway mm. so yeah i i i think um i think they really do have high hopes for that Dalhousie keeper i can't remember his name either but he came into one of the squads there when basket was like uh suspended there so um yeah it'd be, it'd be nice to and just watch yeah. him in the watch him in the warm ups he was actually pretty decent looking so yeah it looks like a good keeper and and our two Everton fans will be pleased to know that he's an Everton supporter as well. I only know that I went to watch a Smew game in September and he was sat around me and he had an Everton jacket on. So oh, adding dear. to the Evertonians. I just, uh, they walk I, I, amongst I, I, us, mate. Yeah, I think we should just get rid of him. 
Um, so, so defender boys, like uh, obviously Campania is going to be back next. Yeah. Year, I would say Fernandez. Is there anybody else there you'd like to see come back uh, next year? Uh, Omar definitely. I think he showed enough towards the end of the season, which 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 kind of proved to himself and to everyone else he was definitely at this level. Um, and I, I think he's one of those who's got he's got a quite a high ceiling compared to a lot of other players in the squad. So you you don't really know what he's going to be, but I think. I think you see you saw him grow in stature, and I, I think something that maybe we didn't recognise that much was the leadership qualities he's ha- he's got. Um, I remember Rampy talking about it last week, and it's it's something when you're close enough to the pitch, you can hear him doing a lot of talking and a lot of marshalling of of teammates and things like that. So yeah, yeah, definitely Omar, and I, I actually think maybe I'm a bit high on him, but I, I think like you you do kind of build the team around him a little bit and have that spine of of him and Rampy. Um, and then hopefully Morelli, if he can get back. You know, we've got Campania. I can, like Omar, I think, will definitely be back. Uh, I could see Jake Ruby if he can keep himself. Like, yeah. Uh, when he came back in, I thought he had a really yeah, a good end to the season. Um, yeah, so, like, <clears throat> I, I think, you know, we, we kind of said we didn't want to talk about players that are going. we'd like to see leave and stuff like that. I just find that um, Santos is going to... Is on the bubble, I think, just because, um, you know, it's an international spot. Uh, Peter, I think, is in the same, probably in the same boat, just because you know we're talking like international spots. We have a good core of young guys who actually showed some good qualities uh, in defence. I, 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 I did want to say though, I think that Santos and Peter, because of the system that we were playing for like a long time, um because nothing was happening in front of them, they took it upon themselves to like slam these long balls forward. And I think a lot of people um, weren't happy with that side because the, distribu- the distribution wasn't the, the, the best, but I, I, it's kind of hard to fault them like for trying to get things moving for us because we were so static and so, mm. um, yeah, we, we just weren't moving. So yeah, I, I, I feel like those two guys are probably on the bubble. I, I if, Santos might probably stay, I think, just because he, he showed some good signs uh, earlier on with Restrepo beside him. So, um, and uh, so yeah, moving into midfield, then, um, who would you like to, to keep around? Like, like I think our problem here is, is that we have a lot of players that are very similar. Yeah, I, 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 I think there's two that are very obvious. Uh, Rampasad and Jeremy it'd be nice to build a team around those two because yeah. they are we've said it no end of times they are the adults aren't they and they're there are reference points um so absolutely I'd like to see them come back Rampy I'm very confident he will be back Jeremy yeah. I, I don't know I think he's got ties in in uh, Montreal his family's there obviously so you never know but I'd, I'd like I'd like to think um he's enamored enough with the city to come back for another season. Um, and the other one, I'd, I'd bring Lamoff back actually. I, 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 I like him as a squad player a lot. And I guess the question is, would he want to come back as a squad player for the third year running? I don't know if he would, but I certainly would like him to come back because he's always a good option. And I, I, I really think with him, there's, there's, a, there's an extra levels there. I know, I know he's, he's not as young as people think he is. I think a lot of people still think of him as, being in his early 20s but he's he's mid-20s so he's not that young but I think from a maturity and confidence perspective the second half of the season even when we were looking pretty poor I thought he started to show flashes and started to step up a little bit so yeah I'd, I'd bring back Lamoff as well I, I, I rate him I do 
I, I, I think it's like one of those those things that like he's obviously only been under one coach really in his professional career, I guess, and you kind of would hope that somebody else would come in and kind of push him forward, but like he's twenty five, and like we with him and Polisi, I just think that like they're just not up to the same level as Rampy and and, and Jeremy, and I think that we we, we need to focus a little bit more. Because we've got Omar who can make that kind of switch in, in if needed. <clears throat> so I, I, I think that Lamont might find it hard uh, mm. sticking around. I, I get I it. Like he's, he has, he's, as you said, he, like he's had flashes of brilliance, and you know he, he's, a, he's technically a really good player. There's just something that just hasn't clicked for him, you know. And it just feels like you're just constantly waiting for him to have an amazing run of games and just like he just can't grab a game with a scruff of the neck. And I think that's what we really struggle with. Um, is that we don't have that player apart from Morelli, obviously, who can just come in and just like take control of a game where you look at like, you know, like a Becker or uh, like an Ali Bassett kind of thing. You just, we just don't have that, unfortunately. So I, I don't think that's his game, though, man. I think like he's a metronomical player. He, he, like his role in the team isn't to dominate a midfield. I think it's just to keep things ticking over. And, and like maybe that's not enough. I don't know. But yeah, personally, I, I just think he's the kind of player I like watching. Like he's 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 easy on the eye the way he plays. So, well, yeah. I, I, I personally I just think that we just have enough of those guys already. But like, well, I mean, said, we did, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how many of them are coming yeah. back. It's it's interesting. Like I I did it and you did it as well. How we kind of look at Rampy and Jeremy and as like the the star players. But I think from a recruitment perspective, what we've all kind of got to get our heads around and change our thinking on is this idea of players being safe and like, Oh, don't worry about Rampy's position or Jeremy's position. Cause they're brilliant. So we don't need to replace them. I think like we should always be looking to layer upon everyone. Like we should be able to look at the whole squad and see if we can improve every single well, position, the, even the starting 11. You're right though. Like you need to have competition, um, to keep players on their toes, and I think if a player starts getting that kind of, uh, I think that's what happened with Pogba for like uh, when he's at United is like he just assumed he was going to be in that team because he was the best player kind of thing, and I think it's just complacency kind of sets in. So yeah, you, you, I think you're, uh, you're right there. So we, we, uh, I know that Fumpe is kind of a forward, like slash winger. So um, I definitely think that he's definitely back next year, and I think that once he has a good preseason and all that kind of good stuff, uh, mm. I, I like. He's definitely uh, going to be one to watch. I think next year. Did we um, cover Fernandez in defence as well? Like I think, yeah, I, I think I, we I, did. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think we, I think he's like a shoe in to come back to perfect yeah, unless yeah. unless we get an offer for him because I know there was uh, like maybe talks of like somebody had taken on trial or something like that and like an MLS team which would be uh was, for him. there was some random like article like Chilean article um that these people had blatantly leaked stuff to but it was like it was in Spanish and I translated it and it was like it listed a few MLS clubs that have been looking at him and it kind of talked about him in the same breath as like maybe a, a, a call up to the Chile national team or something. Oh, as well. Jesus Christ. Uh, but I, I imagine it, that was leaked <laughs> to them <laughs> to like get his name out there. But I, I feel like uh, his, his agents are working overtime. But yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think looking at his performances like last year and I, I still feel that the CPL undersold him an awful lot in that in the only 21 things they picked. Uh, he definitely should have been mentioned in there so yeah so moving to the forward line then like i mean obviously <clears throat> um i just wanted to touch on uh, obviously akeem has retired or given it a break i think there was this the wording that they used uh 
uh, on the in the article. So um, I, I, all season and last season, a lot of people have kind of talked about uh, his fitness and um, obviously his form has kind of like just tanked off. So I, I think that was kind of a given that we we're going to see the like the end of his time probably as a wanderer. But we we can't not appreciate what he did in those first two years for us either though you know like he'd always have to be the, the first goal scorer and also uh, he gave us a lot of hope in the Ireland games and I just think that of all the players on our team COVID probably fucked him the most because mm. um, he, he probably would have got to move somewhere had uh, had COVID not really hit so yeah so um, we won't take I, key sorry go ahead I think so yeah I think like not, not just from a sense of it stopping him getting a move anywhere I think and I'm massively making assumptions about his physiology here, but he he suffered some pretty serious injuries in Trinidad in his early twenties. Like he's, I think he did maybe his ACL. Oh wow, I didn't maybe, know that. Maybe I think it was his ACL or his MCL. Um, and I think like coming back from an injury like that, you tend to pick up a lot of muscle injuries throughout the rest of your career. It's just it'll happen with Morelli. Like like yeah. side note, but nobody expect Morelli to come back as Morelli next season. It will be towards the end of the season or maybe the following season if he gets back to that level again. Um, it's just the way those injuries go unless you've got the best physios in the world working on you. But with Akeem, I think, I think missing, like during the start of COVID, like missing so much football and missing regular football was what killed him, to be honest. I don't think it was necessarily that stopping him getting a move, which he might have done. But I think it was just his body not doing too well with not really exercising for a little while and then suddenly being thrown into it. And he picked up a knee injury at the Island Games, which I, right, be- yeah. I believe he had an operation on between the 2020 and the 2021 season. I think, apologies if that information is not true, but I think that was put in an article somewhere. Um, and yeah, he just he never quite came back from it physically, which was yeah. a shame. <clears throat> I think after the Island Games himself and Marshall had like yeah. sur- surgeries or something like that. But um, yeah. So uh, looking at the forward line then, I'll, uh, I think Amla's back next year. I would say 80% would probably have Salter back um, just because. Yeah, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. I mean, unless unless we get a buyer for him, which I wouldn't be. Actually, if you'd have asked me that half or through the season, I'd have said he'd probably get some interest, but he he tailed off in quite a big way. So um, I think he's probably still got another season in the CPL, to be honest. I think so too. So is there anybody else uh, from that forward line? Obviously, Gerald will be back, but um, anybody else that you'd kind of keep around? And uh, Rob, Robinson, I'd like to see Robinson back. I think, again, he's another one of those with a bit of a ceiling. Um Probably not as high as Omar's ceiling, but I think he's got enough about him to be a decent CPL player eventually. Still very young. Um, and I've, I've liked the little cameos I've seen with him. And I liked him in the under-23 games as well. So I'd, I'd like to see Robinson back as a as a good rotation piece in those front three. Or front I, 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 I definitely think uh, like he was the type of player like like Fumper that we kind of needed, who gave us a bit of energy when he came on. There was like something a little bit different to him. Um, I definitely... Hope that he gets more minutes this year. I, I really enjoyed watching him the same as yourself at the under 23 games. I thought uh, he definitely looked at a higher standard than what was on offer. I think that he was like one of the standouts, which was a good sign for him. Um, so yeah, so I, I would like to see him back too. I think, uh, as you said, like just um, having as a uh, you know, playing in the odd game and then coming on for 20 25 minutes to kind of change things if we need to. Um, so so I, I guess, like you know, just going through the how many people we said we could keep around? Like to me, it looks like we're gonna have a bit of a turnaround in, in players. Um, that's, but that's that's kind of like 
Derek and Matt kind of weren't sure about what they they thought was going to happen. But do you do you see like that we're going to have um a kind of a, a pretty big turnaround in players? Yeah, there is going to be a huge turnaround. But like one more I'd add that, that I don't think we mentioned was, and I think this is probably one people are on the fence about, but I would still have bent back, to be honest. Um, I, I think he offers something, and if he can stay fit, he's a really good player. Um, but yeah, sorry, going back to your original question. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna to get to close to, if not more than 2019 levels, honestly. I, th- I think it's gonna be that dramatic and well and actually you know 2019 there was only like eight left wasn't there maybe yeah maybe not maybe not quite 2019 but I, I yeah I think we'll probably keep around 13 or 14 and we'll see eight or nine coming in would be my probably yeah. cautious cautious prediction I, I I definitely think that's uh kind of where we're probably probably looking at is like a, I, I think as well but at the end of the day it kind of comes down to um who who we bring in and I guess that's another question for you like so you know the the, the normal people have been kind of bandied around like the Jimmy Brennan's like Pa uh, Muduka and uh, things like that so like what type of coach are you hoping that we bring in like if you were ma- making that decision like would you like to see like a young hungry coach would you like to see us bring in somebody more experienced? Like, what, what, what would be your thinking? Like, I'll, I'll see if you're like you're not in Derek Shields, but if you were, I, I've, I'm kind of got I've got split thinking. So, kind of one half of my brain wants some random fucking Mexican bloke <laughs> uh, to come. I've never heard of, and no one's ever heard of. Just so we can like proper research someone and find out as much as we can about them. But the downside to bringing someone like that in is what do they know about Canadian football? Probably nothing. And they're probably just coming in and they're going to implement the system in this grand way of thinking much, much like Dorado did. And but do they have the base knowledge of the game in this country to actually do that? Do they have the contacts yep. in this country to to do that? So I like part of me wants that just because I think it would be exciting and feel really fresh. But the other part of me, I, I understand why those names you mentioned are getting linked because they are without a club and they know the league inside out. They know the player pool inside out. They've probably got relationships with a lot of players who wouldn't otherwise come to us as well. So I completely get why those names are also being linked. But I don't know. I, I just... I. I I want it to feel like a complete refresher because I think we're all kind of a little little bit fatigued after how that season went. Um, so it'd be nice to just feel like it's a complete refresh. And and to be fair, even if like someone like Brennan comes in, like he's obviously a good coach and the amount of new players would also get coming in would make it feel fresh again, I think. But um, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn, mate. How about you? Yeah, like I, I can see like why, you know, like w- with Jimmy, he's got the pro license, he's got the contacts because he's played in the Premier League. He, he had he, he had a lot to do with Toronto. He obviously was a York manager. So that, th- but I, I feel like the way that things were done at um, York was is that he didn't really have control over recruitment. And I think that's probably what caused a lot of the consternation. And maybe that's why the, the relationship kind of broke down towards the end. Um, and I just wonder if like if what way we would do things if we would allow him to have free reign to pick his players or is it just going to be like a head coach role where 
you know, you go in and you just here's your players and then you make a formation of it. So it's gonna be interesting to see. From what Matt said during the pod interview we did with him, I think the coach is gonna have pretty much full autonomy on players that they bring in. I'm not sure how it works at York, whether Angus is the one that decides and scouts all of that stuff, but I think with us we probably give them a selection of players we've been looking at, encourage them to bring in their own players as well. So yeah. But uh, but but like you too, I I would like to see is like um like maybe look outside where we are like because the thing is that and it's it's kind of weird like you know obviously I was back in Ireland for a couple of weeks and I got to see a game and stuff like that but just just looking at our game from the outside is quite it's quite interesting because I I think that we kind of look at obviously it's a new league and we're kind of I th- I feel like we talk it down an awful lot sometimes because it is a new league and it's obviously not the biggest sport in, in Canada and stuff like that. But like in Ireland, which has been a league that's been around for like a long time, there's maybe three or four full-time teams and then everything else is semi-pro. A lot of the grounds are kind of falling, like uh, falling apart. <laughs> the, the only one that has a decent stadium is like Shamrock Rovers and that's like a community-owned, it's a, it's a council-owned stadium. So, do they uh, have running water? They do. Uh, <laughs> Drogheda did not, so uh, we had reported party. So, but it's but that's the thing though. Like, I mean, it's I I definitely think that like when Derek and Matt talked about the caliber of um, candidates that they had, I think that's why because people are seeing like we're trying to get build a stadium here in the city. Like, you look at the facilities that some of the other teams have, like obviously using um, the the CPL stadiums, and I think they're looking at it and saying like this league is something that's probably going to take off in a few years so I, I i think that if they're talking about those level of candidates that they're getting in and they're surprising them why just go for the easy option you know what i mean like mm. I, I, it's just, anyway I, I my my theory on the level of candidate they might be getting is maybe those coaches don't know like the the salary cap of this league oh, yeah <laughs> if you get some like top caliber coaches applying maybe they think they're coming in on like MLS coach salaries, which they are not. So you know, I, that might have kind of weeded out a few of the candidates. I, I, I have heard a couple of rumors. I've heard uh, Sam Allardyce has applied. Big Sam, um, get him big, in. B- big Sam. Um, Ranieri's had a nibble as well because, uh, you know, he's just, <laughs> why not add another club to the belt? So, yeah, but it's, it's going to be <laughs> interesting. Sven. Big, big Sven, Sven Goran <laughs> Eriksson. With Saul Campbell. Lock up your wives. <laughs> With Saul Campbell as his assistant. <laughs> but, 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 but I think. Um, uh, it's going to make for an interesting uh, like um, uh, off season for us that we can kind of get something to keep an eye on. So, yeah. Um, I, are, we, I, are we going to do an emergency pod when they announce the manager? Yeah, I definitely think we should. Um, I, I did want to ask you, um, did you watch the, the final between Forge and uh, uh, Ottawa? What did you think of it? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I thought it was, I thought Forge were brilliant, basically, and I think Forge can just turn it on and and do that whenever they want to. Really, you know, you know what I was thinking when I was watching it. I think the only way Ottawa could have won that game is if it was in Hamilton, because I think I think they were kind of caught. Like their whole game is like be compact, small distances, like choke the game to death, and then spring the counter. And when you're at home and when you've got 15,000 fans there expecting something, you I feel like they're kind of caught in two minds between like keeping their shape, being rigid and actually going for it. And they ended up with like this kind of weird, in the second half, especially like this weird, like mottled middle ground between the two. Yeah. Whereas I think if it was in Hamilton, they could have just gone like, oh, fuck it, none of our fans are here. Let's just be boring as fuck and just grind out a 1-0. And I think they probably would have done, to be honest. But because it was at home... 
yeah, Forge just Forge are really good. I know people don't like them, but when they want to be, they're by far the best team in the league. They can pass you to death, and that's what they did. I I definitely think uh, having watched it, um, you know, like if they ever worry about like uh, if Becker retires, that they they have the players to replace them. Like Atasa Soko mm. was oh. phenomenal. Uh, I know it hurts every it. week it every week, it but it's like, like a, oh. he's just so versatile. Like I mean, like he started mm. off the season, they 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 couldn't fit him into their system, and they had him playing like left back or something, and and now they've kind of found somewhere to put him into the middle. And he's just he's just such a good like he's just so dynamic and then such like, a he's such an athlete, isn't he? Like yeah. I didn't I don't think I really like with us he kind of played in a phone box a little bit, didn't yeah. he? Like he had his little area, but he just runs and like when he opens up them legs, he's got some pace to him as well. And just and, a really uh, good player. And I thought Jensen was was really good too. So I mean like they're coming up against like Oli Bassett and like you know, like that was the talk of the, the thing that he won the the CPL player of the year and the players player of the year. Um but you know, I, I thought they handled him really well. I think, like, he, he was taken off, which I don't think anybody mm-hmm. expected all to be taken off. So, yeah, congrats to Forge. Uh, once again, proving like they're the, they're the bar for everybody. I know that Ottawa, obviously, congrats to them for winning the, the regular season. Winning over 28 games is definitely harder than winning that one game. But Forge just seemed to be able to pull it out for those big game mm-hmm. occasions. So, congrats to both of them. Um hope that we get somewhere near them next year so um so yeah so and also i i thought it was amazing that there was fifteen thousand people there uh and it looked good it looked it yeah. felt it felt like a big match didn't it watching it like it felt like a spectacle and yeah i i, I loved it i really enjoyed it and i think that um uh the the Ottawa fans like for all their real massive bullshit whatever but it's it's like it has it has brought another dimension especially this year to uh, the CPL that's not just the Wanderers are the best fans in the league yeah, and it's kind of, kind of stuff it's like it's this is what we want we want every team to have great fans that every game is like well attended and uh, brings the atmosphere because it's like you know watching that game I was just like this feels like a proper football game you know what mm. I mean and, and like if there was 2,000 fans they would have felt like shit so yeah. Um, yeah so um, let's move on to the puppies so I came up with some the puppies ca- <laughs> I came up with some categories. Um, I don't know what you what you thought of the ones I came up with, but um, so I guess the 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 first one would be uh, who was your Wanderers? On, this is probably an easy one. Wanderers under twenty one player of the year, Fernandez. Yeah, I I don't think it's I don't think there's any competition, is there? No, he was absolutely immense, and as I said to you, I said a million times, I can't believe how he was overlooked. Even when I was on, I was on um, footy force. Uh, Nico Giansopoulos' pod there a while ago, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, on on TSN. Is yeah. That the TSN? Yeah. So wait. So you. So now you've been on TSN. Yeah. We we can promote this podcast a lot differently. We can promote it as um, TSN I... radio personality Anthony <laughs> Abbott. And if you if you just like award my blog some down the pub award, I can be like a. a TSN affiliated award winning <laughs> blogger Gary Griffiths. I, I I've already changed my uh my, my Instagram thing to as heard on TSN. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like it, it, it was it was like so he asked me a couple of times to go on, but it's just like like it's on a Saturday morning and like obviously like I'm watching kids and all that kind of stuff. So we finally got to put it together and uh, he had me on. We just talked about I think we we're talking about the the last home game, I think it was before the other game, we were kind of chatting, and I, I kind of mentioned to him about Fernandez, and he was like, oh, you guys are always talking about him out there, like, I don't see what it is that you see, and I was like, 
you watch him week in, week out, and you can just see that like he has a football brain and he just mm. he's he's really clever and I really like I don't I just like the way um, he plays and very so. consistent as well. He's always yeah. a seven out of ten. Yeah, and that's 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 what you want. To, I, like it's I just wish we had more of them this year. So uh who was the Wanderer's most improved player? Um I kind of touched on it earlier, but I think Pierre Lamoff. Uh, yeah, Pierre Lamoff um and Mo Omar are the two that probably Mo Omar actually. I was yeah. gonna say Lamoff, but yeah, it's it's Mo, isn't it? Because he went from being someone we were all looking around going, Oh fuck, what have we got here? Like, <laughs> like let's be honest, like yeah. he's he's injured or like the couple of appearances he makes, he wasn't great. Yeah. And then it was just like boom, he became the player we hoped he would be and was fantastic. I, I, I had a I had a pep talk with him and I think that probably worked wonders. It was him. after you did the yeah. podcast with him actually, yeah. wasn't it? I, yeah. I, I I said to him after we, we got off the we stopped recording. I was like, "Listen, man, you're here for a reason. You know, you're an NCAA player. You're better than most of the guys here. You just need to believe in yourself." And then you just like slowly slid him a little half pint of Guinness and went, "Drink that, mate. You see what happens when you drink that." Yep. Number before, one, it'll put a few hairs in your chest. Number two, <laughs> you'll be flying, son. And you, then you yeah. then you push him towards or kicked his bum yeah. and went, off you go, son. Yeah. You'll, have, you'll have a good poop before the game and it'll make you feel lighter. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, like uh, a lot of people, I think, had we done this three months ago, probably would have said Sam Salter, uh, who I thought yeah. who, who I thought is did play a lot better this year. Than my, like his hold of play was a lot better this year and, and stuff like that. But if there was would, an award for most improved, followed by. The, like, the drop the least, off, <laughs> the drop off, and he'd have won it. Uh, oh, Sammy fucking Salter. So yeah, so uh, I, I definitely would give it to Mo Omar. So uh, who was the, uh, who was the penalty, king? who was the penalty king this year? It was, was it Akeem or or Sam Salter? It's definitely Sammy Salter, yeah. isn't it? That one. He's, he's, he's good penalty taker. Oh man, big time. So Very is Akeem. Right? Akeem was really good too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so like I was gonna like I was thinking of doing like a goal of the year, but I can only. I can't think of any. I think Pierre Lamotte's goal, I think, did he score one yeah, goal? That was really good. Well, Daniel's goal against Pacific was yes, good as well. That was really good. Well. And I think, didn't Corey score a free kick or something in that game too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, sorry, as we're on penalties, um, your mate, Andrew, who always asks the question, are we going to score again from open play this season? We didn't, did we? No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, he's, he started uh, asking that in early that July. Was, uh, <laughs> he, he won an award for uh, prediction of the year. So, <laughs> oh, oh, so um, what, what was your favourite Wanderers game of the year? Um, yeah, I... I it's probably the TFC game, but I don't want to say the TFC game because it still fucks me off the the domino effect that had on the yeah. performances around that game. So even though that was a great occasion and it was a good good performance, um, yeah, I don't know. I it just I it's tainted by the fact that we were shit the following couple of weeks. Yeah, and I um, so yeah, maybe not that. Probably Pacific away, I'd say. It's a shame. It's a shame we weren't there for such a good performance, but that's the only time this season where you were like, "Oh, we're we're a really good team." And, and yeah. like it, it was like it was the word as you said, like the worst thing about the worst thing about that one was is like the you know the, it was the hope that it gave us, and then it just mm. pff, went up in flitters. So, um, wanderer supporter of the year. Uh, I'm trying. I mean, it is it's Denton, but I'm trying to think of someone else just to keep it interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm going to give it to 
just so we both don't say Denton. Uh, I'm going to give it to Chris Sell. Oh, nice. Because nice. he he sits in my section and I, I look down. I don't look down on him um, figuratively, wow, but the... like literally I look down on him and he like he's always trying to get people going. Like he's very encouraging for people. Like for the, when the players are coming over to take throw-ins, he like leans over and claps. Like he'll get people clapping with corners and free kicks and stuff. And I think he's a bit of an unsung hero in that section for bringing some energy and... Yeah, yeah, Chris, Chris Sell. That's a great channel. Um, I, I'm just going to give it to Denton. It's like uh, the the question like last week was just so Denton, and it's yeah. like it's kind of you, you know like when we're we're going through like a bad season like we did, and everybody wants to be like down on ourselves and rightfully so because we were awful. Sometimes you just need that little flicker of um positivity just to kind of bring you back to reality and i i really did appreciate an awful lot of the stuff that like that he was posting and stuff like that so i, th- I think that the the magic that denton's got as well is like i, I think because he came to he he came to football quite late i think he can see the absurdity yep. of it and the fact that it is literally just a sport and like the community around the club and the friendships and stuff are much more important. And I think he sees that. And like when people are getting really, really angry, I, I think he just finds it quite funny and like, eh, you know, he can just like. Yeah. So, uh, and it was also quite a nice to see, um, you know, I, I think like some of the people who went to the games that are away from home, like I, I, I think, uh, um, I, I think, I think there was a couple of people at the game in Calgary. There was a couple of people at the game in Pacific. So like cool and Ottawa too. And I, I like kudos to those, but the fact that Denton went to a couple of games away, I think he went out to Pacific and I think he was at, um, Calgary and Edmonton. I think I remember, remember saying to one of the players, like, look out for the pirate guy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's out there. So, uh, the fact that like he's known throughout the league is that the, the pirate guy is, uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's he's, he's a super guy. So, yeah, so, um, I, I thought then we'd move away from the Wanderers and just kind of have like your CPL, um, your, your, your CPL award. So, um, who was the CPL outfield player of the year for you? I mean, it would have been Diaz if he if he continued with Pacific. So he was having a really good season, and they were such a better team with him in it as well. But no, I, I think the league got it right. I think it probably was Ollie Bassett. Um, just in terms of, I, I think we're not all were a good. Everything goes through him, and he's very much like a player who his team is made in the image of him, and they look like a very different team when he doesn't play. Um, very tidy. I like the fact that he came back from a point in his career where he wasn't a starter for Pacific and probably having second guessing himself a little bit. Yep. Uh, I remember listening to the interview you did with him actually, and I think he talked about that. So yeah, really good like turnaround in his career. Good player. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a deserved player of the year. Yeah, I, I think uh, he, he just looks he just looks happy. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he, like I think. When he was playing for Pacific last year, like when he was actually in the team, I thought he was playing really well. I really liked him, especially in the um the bubble. I thought he did really well against uh against us, um, and then it kind of just seemed to drop off for him for some reason. And like he was kind of benched, and um, I th- he probably was as you said second guessing himself because, you know, you're getting to that kind of stage of like what the fuck am I doing here kind of thing. And I think one of the big things I took from his interview is that like he got he had a two year contract with um with Ottawa and I think that made a big difference for him that he felt settled that like somebody mm. actually wanted him and wasn't just like let's hope we get a few good games out of him so I, I go the same I, I I also would give a shout out to uh, uh, Sissoko I thought he was yeah, yeah good shout and, and it, it just just pains me like you know like um that 
we we didn't get to hold on to him, but I mean, the Forge has that kind of um pull now. Like I think that when it comes to like you know if if we're going for a player and they're going for a player, they because of they've won three titles now. They, it's kind of, yeah, it's 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 kind of difficult for for us to kind of compete um, with them. So, uh, who was your uh, CPL goalkeeper of the year? Um. Like Ing- Ingham's a really good guy. Ingham's probably the best goalkeeper, but I've I've talked shit about Kristen Henry a bit before, but I actually would give it to him because I think he's just so. And I thought this when I was watching the final, he's just so important to the way Forge play and the ability he's got with his feet. Like I think he's, I still maintain he's very suspect with his hands, which is an odd thing to say about a goalkeeper. <laughs> goalkeeper. <laughs> but just in terms of like looking at a game holistically and how he how he allows Forge to build from deep and have some sort of technical security in their first third is really, really important. Um, and I think goalkeepers are changing, aren't they? Like goalkeepers aren't just shot stoppers now. Goalkeepers are part of your build-up because everyone passes out from the back now. Like literally every team in the world, even like lower league teams, build out from the back now. So goalkeepers need to be able to do that. Um, and to kind of turn it back onto Wanderers, that's got to be one of the biggest priorities for us this season. Yep. Getting a getting a goalkeeper who can who can pass out from the back and build play and find angles and yeah. And I think Tristan Henry does that for Forge. So like maybe a surprise choice because I think Ingham's probably the most obvious candidate. But yeah, Henry. Yeah, like Carducci won it. Uh, I think he had a good season, and obviously it was the uh, the feel good story probably of the year because obviously he was uh, he was mm. ill, and then like you know he made a recovery and stuff of like that. But I I think that Nate Ingham I thought he was really good last year for um, for York. Um, I I think they kind of were they had two really good goalkeepers, and one of them had to go. And I think uh, Nate Ingham probably was making a little bit more money. So that's yeah, probably why he that's left. what I've heard. Yeah. So um <laughs> but, but but I think uh just what like he he's against us uh like to, like that last game of the season we had at home like he pulled off some incredible saves to keep us like uh to keep us out and um yeah I, I think he was like a very important piece that they brought into the the team this year. So yeah I'd, I'd give it to tonight Ingham. Uh the last award here I think uh the uh the El Hadj Juf Award, the player you love to hate award, uh, who would you give that to? I'm torn between Becker and Bustos. I, 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 Bustos? I yeah, I know, it. I know. You're like, he's a bit of a darling, <laughs> isn't he? But I don't know. I, I feel like, and I'm I'm definitely wrong here because he's just got a trial with Toronto. So the, Bob Bradley knows significant more about football <laughs> than I do. Yeah, but I just don't. I don't see it with him. He like. He shuffles over to like the right half space. He'll get a pass into feet. He'll kind of look up maybe every now and then try and beat his man, but normally just play like a safe pass back into the middle. I, I don't know. He's, he's just, he's just technically all right. And he's left footed and a bit small. So people think he's messy, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't rate him. And I find him a bit weasley and annoying as well. <laughs> wow there's a lot to unpack there so, mate I know um, I've, I've had this weird thing with Pacific since I started like I didn't like McNaughton even though he seems like the nicest person ever I think <laughs> and now I've got the thing with Bustos as well which is completely undeserved because he's he's clearly very good because he's getting scouted by TFC but yeah not not for me I I I, I would I I Everybody's would always probably go for Becker. I think would be the player. Yeah, it's because he's got sharp features as well. Like his facial yeah. features are really sharp and and um, yeah. He just punchable. looks kind of. He looks yeah. He looks kind of evil. But I'm actually going to give it to uh, Jordan Hamilton. 
Uh, oh, wow. Well, well, considering that we were kind of like so close to signing him and then, you know, seeing him with his goggles and uh, celebrating as if like he, he actually, you know, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I give the, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm going to give it to Becker. Becker's a twat. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we're not going to get to see him for the first couple of games next season. So, I mean, uh, like, no, he actually is a twat. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so just just to, just to finish up, uh, I just thought we'd just go over a couple of the comments we got. On... We haven't done our wondrous player of the year, did we not? Oh, nah. oh shit! I thought we did. I thought that was the first one I did. Uh, yeah, sorry. So, uh, <laughs> who's your wondrous player of the year? The big award. Hang on, I'll do, I'll do a drum roll. And the wondrous player of the year award goes to Andre Rambasad is the answer jeremy a very very close second but yeah rampy i think was consistently he's like he's um yeah consistently seven out of ten occasionally drops an eight out of ten so yeah i think rampy for me you uh i i I think if jeremy didn't have those couple of suspensions it probably would be jeremy but um i I think i definitely go with rampy i think uh he's just kind of as you said, like you know, when everybody else around him is like falling asunder, he just always seems to uh to rise above it. And just for that performance against TFC alone, I think he deserves it. So, um, so yeah, so let's uh, so congratulations to Andre Rambert, uh, your tin tin foil trophies in the mail yep, to yep, yeah, exactly, name. yep. Uh, just send us your address and we'll make sure to send it down to you. Uh, so some of the comments here that we, we got, um. Uh, Dent from Denton, the main man. Uh, the Wanderers had a terrible year and some terrible games. This podcast didn't try to build false hope. That's something that we're really good at—is not building <laughs> false hope. Uh, but it gave me a solid perspective and remind me that the spares neither insightful nor necessary. Thanks for everything. So, great job, Gary. I'm proud of you. Cheers, Denton. Um, from <laughs> An- Andrew Watson. Uh, you know, Rand- you know what, mate? I I think it, we, it, this was kind of like. Um, not promoted, but it was seen as you being like super negative and me being very positive. I honestly think we overlapped at some point and are basically about we're quite aligned now. To be yeah, honest, I, 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 I think, think I think that York game broke me the four two we lost, <laughs> and I just broke me and I was, couldn't be asked with like being positive anymore. After I, that. I, and, and to be honest with you, like I think uh, a lot of the stuff that I was kind of unhappy with, I kind of felt a little bit tempered because I saw like you know. It's it's a game, and nobody's spitefully trying to make a shit. It's just that like circumstances and whatever. So mm. you know, obviously, it, it, a lot of people are looking for Stephen Hart to leave. I was kind of one of them, but at the same time, though, I still you, you help me realize that you know he's still a man, he's still a human being at the end of the day, and like you know he, he does read his stuff, and I think that at mm. the end of the day, he was kind of put into a very thankless task at the start to build a, a whole club, something I'd never done before. So. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it definitely kind of helped me stop being an asshole, pretty much. Um, so, huh, um, Andy Watson, your your your, he he asked, can you guys do a best penalty of the season award? Get fucked, Andy. <laughs> uh, also, Rampy is my player of the year. I enjoy the show, and I also enjoy the banter, and you guys inviting people to ask questions, etc. So, thanks, Andy. Um, Rampy, is that is that, is that a sly suggestion that the podcast should always be us asking people questions rather than talking shite? Yeah, but you know, the, the problem is that we have people like him who just like <laughs> they just think it's an, and it is funny, but it's, it's like just just doing that. You know, are we going to score? Got, and then just every week. <laughs> I love that, mate. <laughs> I, I love that question. So uh, was it was it him or was it him or um Tim a guy the guy Tim who who used to ask that question was it Andy? Yeah, it was Andy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. So this is from uh, Anthony Germana, another. Uh, Anthony's a Tottenham fan. Um, uh, he's so, part of my 104 Massive as well. Yeah, there you go. Is, yeah. he's, he's a really good guy. Uh, have really enjoyed the podcast all through the season. Excellent uh, balanced coverage of the team. A question for you and Gary. Have you considered expanding the format a bit next year and maybe including a weekly review look at the rest of the league? Have you I, I, my, right, my thoughts on that, I, I like the idea of it and I'd like to do it. But my my worry is like really doing a disservice to the other clubs because like without getting too much on a rant, like I think like the future of sports journalism is kind of the athletic model of you have journalists with specific teams and, and podcasts with specific teams because like, like as fans, we we fucking digest everything that comes out about yeah. Wanderers. Like we're like hungry hippos, aren't we? With it, just like feed me fucking Wanderers content. So I feel like we're pretty well informed to talk about them in depth. But like to do that for all of the other clubs as well is really difficult and time consuming. And we could, we could just do a general one where we talk about the other clubs. But how much of that would be like reducing it to like lazy cliches? Like like when I watch like. Monday football in in England or Sunday Super Sundays like all the pundits like you can tell they don't really watch the clubs much so just like yeah Arsenal need a bit of metal in midfield yeah Tottenham are going to bottle it and it's just reducing it to cliches rather than actually saying anything insightful so sorry go you you definitely see that when you have like Roy Keane and Gary Neville talk on Man United um, or you have Jeremy Carragher talking about Liverpool when you try to bring them to get them chatting about like Tottenham and, and all that kind of stuff like I feel like they try to go into um the controversial side of it just to make a soundbite because they don't actually like uh, like years and years ago it was always like you know like for like you know for for if a specific a specific team was on you'd have somebody like like Glenn Hoddle for Spurs or whatever that mm. who actually like you know what I mean and I think I definitely miss that like where now Monday Night Football because it's like it's all more about the personalities than the actual games themselves. Yeah. They've kind of moved away from that and they kind of miss like uh, having an in-depth something in-depth talking about Aston Villa rather than like just Jamie Carragher yeah. just talking shit so um, like I'd, I'd hate for us to like do a big piece on Forge in an episode because we watched their previous game tactically analyze them and then every Forge fan listening is going what the fuck they don't clearly don't watch Forge every week otherwise they wouldn't think that and because um, I think that a lot when I listen to podcasts about football and they're talking about Arsenal, it's like you clearly don't watch us every week. But I do. I like the idea of it, though. I like even if. Yeah, I, I don't know. But it's but being honest, like I, I think that's what the CPL newsroom does. And I think they do it really well. So mm. um, and then footy prime kind of does that kind of wide spectrum as well. So I, I think I, I've since we've kind of moved away on the show here from like we always kind of did wondrous content, but we are I kind of. Did bits and pieces of everything, um, I've that de- I've definitely found, um, a lot more. I'm enjoying a lot more just having a focus on the the mm-hmm. one thing, and I and I do like I do like that we do talk about like if there's big news that happens in the CPL, like the commissioner, and we will talk about it. But I I actually am enjoying being a little bit like looking at the games a lot more closely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, and wondered <laughs> Dave Finlayson actually gave the perfect answer to Anthony. He's like, that's too much research for Abby. Um, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's only the, it's only the readers' questions that's keeping this thing alive here. So, and <laughs> Eric Simon said that uh, he has Jeremy as player of the year. Uh, Rampy and Fernie were both great as well, but I think uh, Jeremy was the player we missed the most when he wasn't in the lineup. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely agree. 
He also said, thanks to you and Gary for doing such a great job with the podcast. Feels like this is our last podcast ever, the way that people are talking. Do they want us like, just to... I think so, like, yeah. Wait, wait, all right, should, I, should okay. we announce our retirement? We're going to yeah, start well, a suburban well, uh... podcast instead. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Tyler Fleming asked, any particular players you're excited to see more of next season? Uh, he's hoping to see Amnon Fumper get some runs with a full preseason. I, I, I yeah, F- Fumper's the one for me. I think there. I, th- I think there's a lot to come from him. If he's as, as soon as he scores, we've been saying it, he's gonna he's gonna pop. So, uh, and um, Hammer of Sparks, a uh, one Forge fan. I know. Uh, will you have a best career move award? My vote goes to my favorite former Wanderer, Matteo Restrepo. Um, yeah, that's yeah, a pretty... it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I think the person who probably has the worst career move would be Stephen Hart. <laughs> too soon, too soon. Uh, yeah. So, so, so yeah, so uh, that one's getting edited out, isn't it? Yeah, big time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, Mateo's an incredible person and uh, like fair fucks to him for uh. Making the world a better place, basically. Who does he think he is? I know. It's like, <laughs> the fuck does he think he is better than himself? <laughs> he needs to get your arse back to that rundown fucking stadium and <laughs> keep your place, boy. <laughs> I'm like, I follow him on Instagram, and some of his stories are like just like New York looking stunning, oh, and him mate. in a, him in a white coat looking very dapper and it's oh, just like, like oh there, what are you doing what what <laughs> there was one the other day where he's like on the fucking rooftop in new york looking at the uh, empire state building and i was like i looked down my window on the dunbrack and i was like <laughs> fuck you buddy <laughs> i hope he's got something in his life he's really shit at just to like even it up a little bit i hope he's like terrible oh, terrible at like cool <laughs> Paul, yeah, just something something to yeah. make him feel like the rest of us like inadequate and useless yeah you know what, Matteo Restrepo, great footballer, brilliant doctor, shit pool player, <laughs> and that's all that matters. That's all the that matters. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so um, that that's pretty much the show. We don't want to drag this thing, and I think that's another thing with um trying to bring in other teams that the podcast will be about four hours long because I think we get an hour out of Wanderers, and I think we do an hour like... on a team that draws nil nil most weeks. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, you know, this this might be our, our last. Uh, podcast before Christmas actually unless something interesting happens uh, I reckon we jump on and do like an emergency 30 minute one if we when the new coach is oh, announced sure, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll probably we'll probably do that Instant we were think- reaction we were thinking of doing like a, a World Cup thing but I think there's enough podcasts covering yeah I, d- I don't think we bring anything yeah. new to the table with yeah. that so um, you know uh, if any um, I'll probably do a couple of interviews with people if anybody if I can get any players to actually come on the show because I like I've only had one of players on I think for like the last Mm. A little bit, and I haven't done too many interviews. It's kind of you've changed the show, girl. You've changed well, we're what we're fuck, doing well, we're here. fucking alienated half yeah. the squad now because we yeah, say na- nasty things about the poor fellas. I don't think we said anything nasty. Nah, I know, just, just like yeah. they won't have jobs. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is kind of like it, it is the worst part about discussing this will come the end of the year when you're talking about people who like it is their. It is their job, like and you, mm. you're talking to moving on. So I had I had a, I had a person, thing. In- I had a thing at the under 23 game where I was like, I walked up the stairs and I looked up and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, like half of them were sitting there. And I luckily, I don't really, I don't really like post my face on social media or anything. But I was like, oh God, who have I shit on recently? And like, whose performances have I criticised? Because they're all a lot a lot bigger than me. Well, not all of them. I, that, that's, bigger than that, me. that's why I made, sh- made sure to hang around at the end of the uh the, the last game and get their autographs and just apologize. I was like, sorry if I was a cunt, you know. But uh, but uh, but in all honesty, I think every single player 
uh, whether they stay or whether they go, they've all played a part in Wanderers history. And mm. you know, we don't get to see behind the, the, the scenes. So there's a player that might be playing, but they must they might be like really great person to have around training and just makes everybody feel a little bit better. You know what I mean? So and you never um, know what shit's going on in people's lives as well. Like. Yeah. All that stuff affects it. So yeah. Yep. Um, disclaimer, everything we say is just a piss take. We don't mean any of it. Exactly. So yeah, Gareth. So I'll be might I might see you in a week or two when we're talking about the announcement of Jimmy Brennan as a uh, as manager. Um until <laughs> put, put then lay your uh, money on it. Yeah, until then, take care, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Get out! Out to the box!